0: welcome to the North Decatur Presbyterian Church Sermon Series. We're a PCUSA congregation in Decatur, Georgia. If you'd like to find out more about us, go to ndpc.org or just come by and visit. Here's this week's sermon. We've been on a journey this year to foolishly reduce the Holy Scriptures to nine big ideas. We've covered eight so far. Creation, Covenant, Prophecy, Liberation, Wonder, Power, Mercy, and Salvation. And we've reached the last of the big ideas, which is Beloved Community. The Bible gives us an idea of what it is to live together in love. So today's text, the first text that we'll read in this three-week series on Beloved Community, is from the first letter to the Corinthians. This is Eugene Peterson's message translation of Paul's letter. Listen to the way that Paul describes beloved community as a human body with many members. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts—limbs, organs, and cells—but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of one Spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives— We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which Christ has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of Christ's resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, the Spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger and more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant and not less A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge, it's the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If it was all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where God wanted it. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. An enormous eye or a gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, it would be a monster. What we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? No. As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. You can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. When it's a part of your own body you are concerned with, it makes no difference whether the part is visible or clothed, higher or lower. You give it dignity and honor just as it is without comparisons. If anything, you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher. If you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. We say together, thanks be to God. We are learning a lot these days about community because the way that we do community has had to change so much. We are all required to keep our distance from each other So I suspect that you all are having all kinds of new revelations about what it means to say that we need each other. Now we're all wired a little bit differently, right? Some of you introverts don't mind being given permission to take a little bit of extra space. And some of you extroverts are going through all out withdrawal from other people right now. But for each of us, I bet you figured out that there's a group of people that you miss especially so. Maybe it's your family members whom you're having to keep away from. Maybe it's folks at the church. Maybe it's a group of moms or dads that you're used to seeing during the rhythm of the school year. And if you're a kid, maybe it's your classmates, maybe even the ones who used to annoy you, you miss them too. The reason is, is that we need each other. That's why this time has been so hard for all of us. We need each other. I've been connecting with some old friends because I've been feeling deeply how important they are to my life. Our relationships are essential to our being. And not just some relationships, all of our relationships are essential, right? We're using that word a lot, essential, about folks who are putting the food back on the grocery store shelves, or taking care of us when we are sick, or cleaning up our office buildings at night. That kind of recognition of their essential role in our community is long overdue, but the truth is that every one of us is essential, and we always have been. Some of us are realizing that we are essential in ways that we hadn't wanted to admit. We're with our families all of the time now. We're full-time mothers and fathers, full-time partners, and people need things from us in these roles that we might not be used to giving, at least not so often or so much. We're being asked to recognize our essentialness in new ways, and this can be challenging. But we are connected, aren't we? All of us are connected. We are part of a body, and we all belong to each other. That's the basic message of this passage from 1 Corinthians, right? We are part of one body. It's something that we cannot ever hear enough. This morning, I want to draw out three simple lessons from this text that I would ask that you take with you this week as you are reflecting on your own relationship to the people around you and the ways that we are connected. Here's lesson number one. Being part of the body of Christ means that you are called out of other ways of being. Now, Paul says that other labels or identities are less important than our identity as a member of Christ's body. Each of us is a lot of different things. We all have hybrid identities. I am white, I am male, I am straight, I am a member of Generation X, I am a transplant to the American South, I am a liberal, I'm a dad. These things are all a part of who I am. But Paul says to me, you cannot lead with those things. When you're part of the body of Christ, all the other parts of your identity are informed by this one core identity. That's hard for me. I bet it's hard for each of you, too. We all get something out of the other parts of our identities. I get a lot out of being a straight white guy. I get credibility and voice and power and influence. But those identities, because they privilege me unfairly, compromise my relationships with other members of the body of Christ. To be a part of Christ's body... I've got to figure out how to put those identities in their place, to sit them down. I can't stop being any of those things. They are part of who I am. It's my job to figure out how these identities will serve my identity in Christ's body. How they might inform my unique contributions to the overall health of the body. The first lesson is that we belong, body and soul, to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And because we belong to Christ, we belong to Christ's body. That is the most important part of your being and my being. Everything that we are flows from and serves that identity. So here's the second lesson I want to ask you to draw out from today's text. When you are part of Christ's body, what matters is the health of the whole body. There is something more important than you. Right? Shocking. I know that is shocking to hear. It is especially tough for us Americans who grew up having it drilled into us that the individual is the most important thing that there is. And that is just not true. The community is ontologically prior to the individual, it comes before the individual. That's what Josiah Royce said. Josiah Royce was the great and somewhat forgotten American philosopher who pioneered the idea of beloved community, an idea that Martin Luther King took and popularized. We are individuals, Royce said, but our individual lives flow from the community, not the other way around. As individuals, our role is to serve the common good. The members of our community who are part of the greatest generation learned this But it's not just their generational wisdom. This is also biblical wisdom. We belong to the body, and the health of the whole is what matters most. Now, this doesn't mean that individually you are not important. Peterson translates Paul beautifully here. He says, I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant and not less. If you're a part of the body, it means you have a job to do. The finger, the eyelid, the eardrum, the toenail. I'm not going to show you the toenail. Each one does the job that only it can do. It takes time for each of us to figure this out. Some of us take years to figure out what we are good at. Our world privileges some gifts irrationally over others. Gifts like singing and throwing a ball or looking handsome. And so some of us question the value of our gifts, the things that we're good at. We don't even believe that they're important. And some of us have trouble believing that others are actually gifted. So we try to do everything all the time. We try to be the elbow and the shoulder. You know if I'm talking to you. This text says that every one of us has a role, and no one else can do it but you, and every role matters for the health of the whole body, and none of our roles is more valuable than any other. What do you imagine would be different if this way of understanding community were true not only in the church, but in the wider world? Hmm. Here's the third thing I want you to take from the text this morning. I want you to notice how this text says that our body, our community, stays healthy and whole by feeling with each other. The body is nourished by empathy. Right? We are not Autonomous body parts, doing our individual part in isolation from one another. Every part is connected by a nervous system that allows the parts of the body to feel all of the other parts. When one part of the body suffers, all of us suffer. When one part of the body rejoices, all of us rejoice with it. We get down in it together and we rise up together. A healthy body feels all of the other parts. Now you and I feel all the time with the people that we love. When, when our kids laugh, we laugh. When our dear neighbor is grieving, we cry with them. Our intimate world is full of this kind of mutual feeling. But the opportunity and the promise and the, and the great trick of membership in the body of Christ is whether we can learn how to feel with and for people who are not our flesh and blood even feeling with and for people whom we frankly don't like very much? Can you feel for people who don't share your same background, your same politics, your same history, your same worldly identity? God chooses the members of the body of Christ, not you. And God chooses people you would never choose. You're asked to feel what the other members of the body are feeling. To take that great leap, to stretch your own nervous system so that it vibrates with every other part of God's body. It is your willingness to let the grace of God allow you to feel with the other parts of God's body that determines whether this body will live or die. We are indeed having to spend our days apart from one another. But my prayer for each of you is that you are using this time to learn about community. To learn about who is truly essential. To learn about what it means for each of us to care for all of us. To learn about what it means to feel with and four parts of God's body, even the parts whom you don't know and have never met. Let this time apart teach us so that when we do come back together, we will come back alive as members of the body of Christ called to care for one another and to care for the world in which we live. Let the people together say, Amen.